Dear songwriter, welcome to the show. Today is a special episode because I'm going to be talking to my friend and my client, Cam. Cam has been in the program for quite some time now, looking to turn his ideas into completed songs, which he has done. Today, we're going to have an interesting conversation about treating your songwriting like a job, right? And we don't love that word, J-O-B, but we're going to dive into that topic, why you should maybe treat it like a job, why you shouldn't maybe treat it like a job, how to treat it like a job, right? We're going to really dive into this topic. I'm really looking forward to it. So here we go. Hey, Cam, how you doing today? Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I feel like I'm like famous to get on this <laughs> podcast. This is like my second official podcast episode I've been on. So it feels kind of cool. What was the first podcast? It's my friend's podcast from college. It's called You Are Enough. And so it was called I Dreamed a Dream. Oh, <laughs> nice. talking about our past like, college careers, <laughs> like our dreams that we've lived in college. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Nice. Is it still an active podcast? Yeah, she's going strong with it. Nice. Like, like she wants to make it like a full, like a career for her, which is awesome. Yeah. I saw some like crazy stat that was like some crazy low percentage of podcasts make it past episode 10 or something like that. Especially like during the pandemic, it's become like the norm, I feel like, to start one and just not continue it, which I guess is some of maybe what we'll talk about today with music. But yeah, that's good for your friend. Cool. So we'll dive in. I gave a little bit of an intro already to who you are in the intro, so we can skip over those pleasantries. And we'll just dive into what we want to talk about today, and that's treating songwriting like a job. Kind of the context of this episode was we were just chatting casually, I think, over text or over the phone or something. And this topic came up and I had the idea of like, yeah, maybe we should flesh this out a little bit more for the public to be able to consume. So here we are. So my first question to you, and obviously I can chime in as well, is why do you think people have trouble thinking of songwriting, thinking of pursuing their art? Why do you think they have trouble thinking of it like a job? What are your thoughts on that? One of the first things that comes to mind for me, I think, is because it's a bit too glamorous it's very glamorized and it's very hollywoodized that's what we use we see like the highlight reel of it like we see the accolade part we see the someone getting the grammy for song of the year or record of the year and i think for the tonys for example tony awards always get like best script or best new composer or something like that you know you'll see like new works and new things and i think we see like the highlight reel a lot of it but i think it's a bit divorced from the reality of what it takes to be good at it so I think it's the glamorization of it. And I think ultimately as well, at least from my experience being in college and dialoguing with other people that go to you know better colleges where I want, I don't think we're talked about what does that mean to be a songwriter? What does that actually mean? I don't think we define it as concrete as we think we do, especially for programs, because we talk a lot about it, but what is it? What does it actually look like? I tend to agree. I think there's an over-glamorization of just like the music industry in general. If you are working a nine to five career, like I did many moons ago, and you have this limited time and you're sort of fantasizing about this world of being a full-time musician, whatever that means, being full-time, right? And you see all the gurus on social media talking about like going full-time with your music, right? And so people have that fantasy, but A, like sometimes they don't even know what that means or what that entails. And I think the other thing is because people are limited on their time and they already have this other job that 
is a job, right? And it's their livelihood. I think it can be difficult, and it was for me certainly, to view songwriting as a similar venture because you also want songwriting and you want your music to be this escape. And so I think anytime it feels like a job, it feels like a drag. You're like, ah, I just came from my job. And like, now I have to like go through these mental hoops of feeling like my art is also a job. (laughs) So I think that's part of it as well. But yeah, I completely agree this over glamorization for sure. Yeah. And maybe that's why people smoke a whole bunch of pot to get inspired. I don't smoke, but I wonder if that's like, (laughs) oh, I have to get inspired. And I just came from working on it. There is something to that. I mean, not the pot smoking, but there is something to that though of like, yeah, it sucks. Like, you know, you work a nine to five, you come home and you got to write. I don't know about you, but like, that's not what I want to do when I get off work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's also where you are in the process, right? And that's why I think starting a song is always, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but like starting a song generally is more exciting and more interesting and easier than finishing a song. Because as soon as you have to try and finish a song and get specific with like what those things are that you need to finish, which, you know, as you know, is something that, you know, we talk a lot about in my program then that's when it starts to feel like work. Whereas in like the initial starting to write a song, maybe it's you come home and you're feeling super inspired and like all the ideas are new and it's like, yeah, maybe you do smoke a little weed or for me, it's like whiskey on the rocks while I'm writing and it's fun because it's like new ideas. But I think trying to finish a song, for me at least, that's when it starts to feel like a little bit like a job or a little bit like work. Yeah, I would agree. That's the bond work for sure. (laughs) Getting like specific with those things. Yeah. So I think that's a good segue to the next question. So like for you personally, what are some like frustrations or some roadblocks specifically that you have as it relates to the songwriting process? What sort of gets in the way of being able to complete that song or some of these things that we're talking about? I struggle a lot with the music part of it. Like writing wise is one thing, but I focus a lot on like trying to make it cool. <laughs> and so I get like cool and original. And like, I know this chord progression and I know these chords, but it's not good enough that it's only an A major. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know A major, obviously I know it. Like I know the one, the four, the five, but that's not good enough. It must be better. A major is not cool because it's A major. It's gonna be cool with an A major. It's gotta be A major to the um degree. And that's super trite. But making it cool and making it different and trying to not do what everybody else is doing. And I also think I compare a lot. I compare my work to other people's work, especially at least for me when it goes viral. I'm like, no, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? It's that kind of a thing. So would you say it's more like mental hurdles rather than the process of, you know, knowing step by step what to finish? Is it more those thoughts of comparison getting in the way? Is that sort of an accurate assessment? Yeah, definitely. My my mental blocks will take me out time and time again, for sure. I think one, perhaps that's not talked about enough, you could have all the talent in the world, right? But if you are getting caught inside your head, it doesn't matter, right? No matter how talented you are, right? There's always going to be someone else that you can compare yourself to in a negative way, right? So like when you do sort of hit some of these roadblocks and feel these frustrations, are there certain things you tell yourself? Are there certain strategies that you try to implement to kind of like break through that? And obviously it's a fluid thing and something that we're all working on, but just curious, are there specific strategies that allow you to at least take a step in the right direction and breaking through some of those blocks. I know for me, I'll do a lot of sensory writing. Like I do that a lot. I got that a lot from Andres Tobi. That's a big thing. I do find that I will lay on that a lot just to get something down. 
And then when we first started working together, I remember you told me to kind of take it a step farther of sensory writing, but then also going through and like looking at what you wrote and circling some things and then writing down like, oh, I wrote this or, oh, I said this a lot. Oh, I noticed I do see that a lot. And that really helps a lot. I think that's one of the main things that I do. Definitely open to other things, but that's a good start for me to at least troubleshoot. And then I can get something going from there. And then if I don't like what I'm writing, like, oh, I don't like this line, but at least I sort of have a core of what the idea of what I wrote is about. I'm like, okay, so I don't like what I wrote here, but I still like this idea. What can I do with this idea? Like, how can I write this better? Or like, okay, so I like this idea. Well, what is it about? What does it really mean? So it opens up another door to be more specific. Yeah. And I think that's important. And I'm happy you brought that up because I think that's super useful and helpful for people who are listening to this, right? So sensory writing, for those who don't know, is basically an exercise where you're freeform journaling, but it's based off of something specific. There might be a specific prompt and really touching on all of the senses. What does this entity feel like? What does it smell like? What does it sound like, right? And really getting specific about that. But I think what Cam is saying here, which I really appreciate and I'm so happy that he's bringing it up, is... In my opinion, I think it's a helpful exercise, but if you don't have that clear sort of next step of like, okay, what do I actually do with what I just did? You may end up in a loop of constantly doing this sensory writing with no how to take that next step into building a song. I like that you said that. And yeah, one of the things that I've done, not only myself, but with students like yourself is to go through what you've written and just ask yourself, okay, how can I use this? How can I get specific? How can this be like a launching pad? And so I think that's great advice. If you're feeling writer's block, which if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you are or you have in the past, is doing these exercises that are maybe a little bit less intense of needing to like, oh, I need to like finish writing this verse or I need to write a hook. That can feel very intense. I have to get a Grammy <laughs> award winning. I have to get I need a gra- I need a gra- I need a Grammy award. I need a Grammy now. Yeah, I need a Grammy now. Yeah. I think something to that when I do it a lot, I find that it definitely gets out of my head and it makes you be a little bit less critical of myself in the sense of like, I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. Or like, I don't like this, but there's something here. Okay, that's cool. And just eventually I got to a point where I was like, that's all I got today. That's great. For me, that's huge. I was like, I need more, you know, <laughs> more, more, more in the midnight hour. I need all the things. Isn't that crazy that we do that? At least for me, I, I can only speak from my own experience, but like every time I try to write, I'm just like in freak out mode. Right. You know, I'm like, right. it's gotta be. Hey, he's like, this has to be the best. And I'm like, why are we doing it like that? Yeah. And, and I wonder if that comes back to the comparison stuff we were talking about. I also sometimes have to like slow down and recognize mm-hmm. like what I've done of, okay, I don't need like all of this to happen right now. And maybe in certain situations, whether it's songwriting or just life in general, it's okay to be slow and steady about your process. And it's obviously a balance. Don't use that as an excuse to not write at all, right? But like, sometimes it's needing to be thorough about the process and taking those steps, as opposed to just being like, yes, I need to do everything now. I need to see these results now. And that's something I've learned with songwriting as well as with business as well Is like, I don't need 100 new students tomorrow, I can build this up over a long period of time. And so there's some parallels there as well. 
So I guess kind of going back a little bit, this topic of treating songwriting like it's a job, right? And one of the things that I think we've talked about here is that like a job, you're going to have your share of frustrations, right? <laughs> Whether that's frustrations with yourself, with the tasks, with your boss, whatever it might be, right? But why do you think or do you think, I guess two-part question, do you and why do you think <laughs> it's important to view songwriting, view your art, your pursuit of art like a job as opposed to just something else? Do you think that's important? And if so, why do you think that's important? That's actually a really good question because I truly hadn't thought of that because even in my own sense, I'm realizing maybe there is a bit of a mind shift that I have to do. Like, yeah, maybe I should treat this like a job. And not that I don't treat it like a job as far as like working in it, but like really making it a part of my life. I would say first thing what I'm thinking of is it keeps you focused, number one. And I think it just reminds you like even of days when you don't feel like it. It's like, yeah, no, I, I know I don't feel like it today, but this is what I want to do. Even though it's what I want to do, I don't always feel like doing it. And that's big for me. And to answer the second question, I would say, yeah. And I only say that because like I'm realizing that's what I need to do. And I haven't done that work mentally taken that shift as seriously as I should have maybe in the past. And we hit on this earlier, but I think I can get stuck in the dream part of it which I think that's important too. I think you should have something to see yourself doing and vision for yourself, but to treat it like a job is like a next level thing that I don't think I've realized. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I need to do. Long time ago, I think I posted something to my Instagram was feeling like as songwriters, sometimes we get high on like that dream supply, that dream stash, constantly just pining for that dream. But again, like sometimes I think people don't even know what that dream is. They're just like, I want to be like a musician and like, I want to get paid for it and I want to be on a stage and and again I've, I I've be been like there Taylor Swift, yeah right? exactly yeah who, all, and, oh, who has we've all really I think you're kidding yourself you've never had that we've all right, had it right or at least thought about it sometimes I think being that famous is like kind of overwhelming just the thought of not being able to like leave your house without someone recognizing you like go to the restaurant especially these days with celebrities constantly having to take photos with people anyways bit of a tangent there but yeah, no, I agree. But I think it comes back to this glamorization that we talked about, because if we can recognize that it's not glamorous all the time, maybe we can more accept some of these frustrations that are going to occur while we are writing songs or while we are pursuing music. So I do think it comes back to like what we originally talked about was just our general framing of what role music plays in our life. And I think you said it well of this is ultimately what you want to do, but you might have to do things that are frustrating and that you might not want to do in the meantime to take steps to getting to that point. Cool. Uh, kind of wrapping up here, I guess, last question, we already touched on this a little bit. So I guess it's a bit of a expansion of the last question a couple questions ago. You mentioned sensory writing as like a really good strategy. What are some other strategies? And I have some ideas as well, but what are some other strategies that you think can be helpful to make sure that you're writing? I won't even say each day, but like writing a little bit each week, let's say. What are some other strategies? So I know if anybody's listening like this, I'm weird. And like, I like different books for different things. Like one of my books is I have is called a hook book. I actually curate and like have a list of all my little words or like lines I think are like, oh, that's cool. I don't know what I'm going to use this for, but I'm going to save this for later. And like I'll have it in my book. So that's really cool. And I have like pages on pages of stuff that I can just pull from at any time. And oh, yeah, I forgot I wrote that. I like this idea. I remember that. I was thinking this. 
And I think it's kind of cool if I did this with it. So the collection of things over time is one thing, but I do a lot of uh, timed writing. I find that we just don't always have time to write a full-flown song in 45 minutes or a whole day. At least strengthening the muscle of getting something on paper. I use paper because I'm old school, but uh, <laughs> using paper, but writing it down on paper or on your phone or a tablet where you're just getting something out of your head. And that's what I need to do because I know myself like getting it out of your head and getting it physically in front of you like just helps a lot. And you get to the point where like you can kind of just shut your head off and just go. And then when it comes time to put your head back on and look at it, you can. But I think that's a good practice. I usually do 15 minutes and I'm learning too. some stuff I use, some stuff I don't use. And if I don't use it, this is big for me. It doesn't mean I'm a failure because I didn't use it. Because that's a big one for me. I find that everything I do, I have to use all the time. I must use it. I must use it because it <laughs> came for me. I got to use all the things. But some things don't always serve you in that way. I think that's important, right? I call it overwriting. I mean that as like a good thing. And so the example I always give is when my band went in to record our last full-length album, which was back in, it was crazy, it was four years ago now in 2019, we went in with the idea of, okay, we are going to demo 13 songs and we're going to cut three of them. We're only going to use 10. And so it's this idea of writing more than you need, kind of like get all the ideas out and then having a batch of songs from there, you can decide and choose which of those are the best or best suited, right? And so there's this whole debate about like quality versus quantity. And like, I think the short answer is very obvious. Yes, quality is more important. Yes, of course. Sometimes you need quantity to get to quality. And so I think sometimes people are afraid to get through some of the bad ideas <laughs> to get to the good ideas. I'm glad you said that because I think that's a big takeaway from this conversation is you don't have to use everything, but sometimes you need to write a lot to figure out what you need to use. Well, and we just don't want to write junk. We want to write <laughs> junk. You know what I mean? Like truthfully, who wants to sit in a room for like an hour and you just write not good stuff that doesn't feel good. You feel like, oh, I'm a failure. Like I saw this is the best thing I came up with today. But one of my really good teachers, she talked about that. She said, write a lot more in the sense of like learning to finish a song and write more so you can have more batches of songs that way you have more of a collection to pull from. But again, like I truly couldn't tell you the books I've read and the stuff I've studied to figure out the magic sauce or the magic thing of how do I do it? I'm not saying that there's not books that aren't helpful because there are. There's a lot of books that are very helpful. But it is annoying to your ego <laughs> in your spirit when the best people say, yeah, you just write. And I'm like, no, I know you're lying. I'm like, it can't be just that. But it's that grind and it's that work, which is super grueling. Like it's super <laughs> tough. It is pulling teeth. How many times did we talk? I'm like, just write it. I'll pay you to write it. I don't give a frick. Because that's, I think, a part of it too, right? We don't see that. But that's a part of the hard work of what it takes to be consistent. Yeah. This stuff isn't easy what we do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's all very well said and appreciate you sharing your process and giving us some tips here. So I guess my last question is, if people had additional questions for you or if they wanted to connect to you and your music, I know you have a single out, what would be the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, if people want to know more about me, my handle is for all social media. So it's at Cameras Music. I have a single on Spotify, Apple Music, all the things, and uh, music video for it, which is super cool. You can check that out too. And that's where you can find me and I'm still working on uh, an EP currently. So be on the lookout for that. 
Yeah, got some good options for that EP. So I'm excited to see that come to life. Oh, yeah. And Camera's Music, that's C-A-M-A-R-A-S Music. So not like the electronic device. Well, I'm glad you remembered that because <laughs> I would have left this conversation and, oh. We need to redo the whole episode yet. <laughs> but that is how it's said, though. So, like, you know, I, I introduce myself as that. So I actually, when I do these podcast episodes, if I'm stating my name, I usually spell out my name as well. You do? Yeah, because there's a bunch of other ways to spell Connor, which, in my opinion, are all incorrect. But... I have to spell it out for people. Literally. I literally need to spell it out for people sometimes. So will you say it like, hi, my name is Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. Oh, no, no, I don't mean like that. I mean more like, uh, if you want to connect with me, ConnorFrost.com, C-O-N-N-O-N. In my everyday life, I don't necessarily spell out my name for people. But I'm thinking like, hi, my name is Connor, C-O-N-N-O. I'm like, oh, wow, like that sounds really pretentious. I think that would be over the top. That'd be annoying. I think that'd be considered very annoying. And if anyone did that to me, I think the chances of us becoming friends would be 30% chances at best. Those are the odds that I would give. I can see why though, because there are different spellings of your name. The worst one is... Conrad. (laughs) Yeah, just totally mispronouncing my name. No, the worst spelling I ever see is C-O-N-E-R which is just Conor. Yeah, it's just not a it's just not a thing. So if you've ever spelt my name that way and you're listening to this Conor, I want you to feel deep shame. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't apologize for it. You should feel shame for that. You should feel shame. That's a you need to reevaluate your life situation. Like you really don't care at that point. So anyways, yes, I will also put your handle in the show notes as well. So for those of you who are visual learners like myself, it will be available for you as well. So anyways, dude, thank you so much. I hope to do this again. I always enjoy our conversations and I'm glad we're able to do it in a more public way for people to benefit from. So thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, have a great day. You too. There you have it. Thanks again to Cam for hopping on this episode with me. Really appreciate it. Hope you got some value from this conversation. And that's basically it. I will talk to you next week. And... Could you do me a favor? Could you subscribe wherever you listen or follow? I think they say follow now, whether it's on Spotify, go ahead and follow or on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. That would be much appreciated. Thanks. As always, good day.